Okay, everybody, welcome to the Creators Forum. I am so privileged to welcome Perry Nalevka from uh, Penguin Strategies. He's the CEO. Um, I have a tremendous debt to Perry for, for many, many reasons. And one of them is, is as Carpentry Media was, was just getting its first kind of couple clients, Perry was very, very um, generous to, to kind of give me a shot. And I got to work on a lot of uh, different pieces of content um, for, for Penguin and, and Perry. And, and I really do appreciate that, uh, which opened up a lot of doors for me. So thank you so much. Um, just to give a little background, um, Penguin Strategies is like one of the leaders in B2B marketing in the tech sector. Um, and they really help accelerate growth for tech companies. They remove the friction from the flywheel, as hopefully Perry will explain what that actually means. And, um, and obviously, you know, you don't want, you want fewer sales calls, you want more customers and Penguin Strategies is incredible at doing that, uh, especially for those tech companies. So um, Perry, I'd like to kind of just jump right into it. And if you, can if you can tell us a little bit about the formation of, of, of Penguin Strategies, how did it start? You know, where are you now? And, and I guess kind of where, where do you see this going? Yeah, um, we start. I, I started uh, as a just helping people on LinkedIn um, back in 2012, 2013. I was uh, more on the sales side. I was helping people figure out how to leverage LinkedIn, make connections, create their profiles, and it was working with mostly tech companies, of course, here in Israel. Uh, I I met uh, a co-founder, my co-founder, one of my co-founders. I have two co-founders, and uh, and she had uh, introduced me to the world of content marketing, and um, realized that a lot of the customers I was working with could could use help in creating content uh, for social media, longer form, shorter form, and mostly with the written. So we we started a Penguin actually started as a social media or and content marketing agency for. Uh, for tech companies, our third co-founder joined us just as we were starting and, and got us into more of the marketing automation, and in, which eventually became a really close relationship with HubSpot. I'm sure we'll you'll touch on that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And uh, from there, um, we created uh, slowly. We kept adding services to becoming a full a full service agency, but very specifically for companies or or tech companies that have uh, complex technologies. And, primarily selling to medium to large enterprises. That's, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I got a glimpse on, on the inside of that. And when, when you talk about uh, um, technologies that are very complicated, I mean, I was able to work uh, on a video that was a company that was putting out like Doppler radar microchips and, and all this stuff. And, and that's something that is uh, not so common, uh, number one. And number two, uh, you really have to kind of package it in a way that becomes a very, very digestible. Uh, even in the B2B space, when you are speaking to, you know, uh, other tech companies, there still needs to be a language that needs to be kind of a common denominator. And I know that that Penguin has been fantastic at doing that. Um, so like, where, where do you see this going? I mean, I know you've been working with uh, a lot of Israeli companies. I know companies also in, in the US and the, in the EU is, but, you know, like what's, what's kind of the, the, the vision that I guess maybe that you had originally for the company? Uh, and then where now that you're at the, the point of where you are, is, has your vision grown? Has, grown? has it shrunk? Has it, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, well, when we, as we started, um, 
we really thought we, there was a big need in Israel for a content agency. Um, and, and originally my thinking was that because uh, there was a language gap, meaning that the, the Israeli technology companies needed people to use better English to, to explain it, explain it, uh, explain their technologies to the world, which was true. And so we, we went ahead and tried to build this American agency in, in, in the backyard uh, of the Israeli tech companies. As we, as we kind of accelerated um, and, and we were lucky to work with some really, really great companies and, and I'm fortunate to have hired really great people. Um, we realized, or I realized together with the team, we realized that as companies started approaching us from the US, we realized that the language wasn't, the English language wasn't the problem. It was, like I said, when we started, like it was the, the, the complex technology and it, and it wasn't, a lot of, a lot of marketers say, you got to explain it so that your grandmother will understand it. Your six-year-old will understand it. Well, that's not really the, the, the true case, in, at least in my world. Mm-hmm. In our world, we have to explain it so that other complicated people can understand it. So you got to be speaking the same language because if you dumb it down too much, they won't, you, you, know, you, you can't be a thought leader in that space. Um, on the other hand, if it's too boring, nobody will read it. it it's actually a very... Uh, challenging place to be. And so as we scaled it uh, and we started getting some U.S. customers, um, you know, we're, we're really trying to be the, the best at, the, at this niche in the world. And so, um, like I said, we've we got as American customers. We've actually created a subsidiary in the U.S. Uh, a number of years ago. Um, and we've got great teams on both sides of the uh, Atlantic. That's awesome. That's incredible. Um you, you mentioned the, the idea of content marketing, I guess also, you know, for the tech world, it's, it's becoming more common, but, um, but content marketing is, uh, is something that most people think about for brands or they think, you know, in the sense of like retail brands or something that's more B2C when it's B2B, it's, it's a little more difficult. People think much more in the behind the scenes, like, oh, they're just having conversations back there. It's not kind of in the front on social media. Uh, and it seems that you're, you're trying to change that conversation a little bit. Um, so like what, what, what benefits have you seen from, from kind of content marketing in the tech space? And then I, I'd like to also ask about your, your own personal content marketing, because I've seen you, you built a quite a bit of a following also on LinkedIn for yourself. So I guess we can start off with, uh, with, within the tech space, within the companies that you're working with, uh, how have you seen the content marketing kind of play itself out? Yeah, um, look, brand is is you know a lot of a lot of people have the misconception that when you're selling tech, brand isn't important. You know, you you you, you know you have these great features, people need them, they'll buy them, but they you know on the one hand they still need to get found, and brand is important, especially if you're trying to build a solid long-term business, not something you're trying to build to flip, um, and and in order to build a brand, you know, it, you you need to have great content. It, it doesn't have to be written, con- just written content. It could be video, it could be um, visual, but it, it needs to it, it needs to be great. And the only way for it to be great is for your audience to think it's great. And that um, and the difference with the customers that we work with is that the, their customers are people, but they're highly intelligent, well educated engineers that are, you know, some might call them geeks, but they are absolutely uh, your audience and you need to impress them and want them to think that you are the, the best thing on the planet for the, the problems that they have. And 
and that will bring it in, you know, and, and that will bring them in and bring them coming back, telling their their friends or their ecosystem, and it just works. Are you are you seeing, um, you know, oftentimes there there's a big um, discussion between you know outbound versus inbound, you know, sales. Who's more important? Who gets more deals? How does it come through? And especially in a B two B space, is it more like direct sales? I need to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, reaching out and just, you know, banging the pavement, or is it, you know, the marketing aspect? And maybe this will eventually lead into kind of the HubSpot and the automation. But um, yeah. what have you seen? You know, that's really had the the most impact. The answer is neither, and that that is, you know, I got a break. <laughs> yes, both outbound and inbound are required if you want to scale at a, at a, a you know, a technology, software, hardware company, at any rate, and just like any other company, mm -hmm. you need the right the right amount. It's not that you know a lot of people have the misconception that outbound is bad, cold calling, spamming is bad, but it doesn't mean you can't do outbound. Um, you just have to define it and. And, you know, Google ads, you know, is that inbound or outbound? I mean, you're not, you know, that that's putting something out there. So there's, there's, there's that, but also, but in, in a more sense of there is a place for SDR teams or BDR teams, whatever you want to call them, to reach out properly to potential customers that maybe never heard of them before. Um, but it has to be done, I think, properly. And then it's not spammy. It's okay. Is that more um, account-based, do you think? Or is it kind of like... Like, I, I know that's not necessarily the forte of, of, of Penguin, but but from what you've seen, is it more about, uh, you know, they put together a list of companies that they want to address, or is it, you think that and that's... It, it, it's a, and it, it, is, it is part of the, uh, uh, I mean, my company won't go out and, and do the activities uh, that the SDRs do, but they need to be provided with the right content, the right messaging, and, and the air cover, right? If, you, mm -hmm. if you're going to get a call from somebody, and if they did it properly, and you might want to take them seriously the first thing you're going to do is you know jump on their website or go to a piece of content they sent you or whatever it is they need the support this sales enablement is the is the big word that you know that's being used and that, that that's that's you know that needs to be there so the the better that sales and marketing work together mm -hmm. uh as cliche as that might sound the the stronger the overall team you're going to hear a lot as we as the years go forward we're going to call them revenue teams where sales and marketing are, are kind of reported into the same structure. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot going on in, in that space as well. Um, I, I really like, I really like how you, t you speak about, you know, that the air cover or like, you know, like even though the, the infantry might be the salesman and we're going there, but like you said, like, what's the first thing that somebody's going to, they're going to do, they're going to look you up. They're going to see, on Google or whatever it is, or maybe if, even if you go directly to the website, they want to make sure that they're they're blown away by that, and that's where the the content or at least the the marketing side needs to be incredibly polished, uh, so that way the sales team has has the backing, you know, uh, to to do to do their job, and it makes their job significantly easier. Um, so, with that being said, what would you say is the secret to B two B marketing? Like if, if you were going to say like, this is what you should focus on one or two things, whatever, whatever you choose, this is, you keep this in mind at all times. Look, I think it, it's, it's not so much of a secret. I think that when, when someone, 
when someone wants to buy something, they have a pain, they have a need, they're, they, they want to know a few things, right? Let, and if you should be so lucky to be on their list of companies that they want, that they're considering, you need to make it as easy as possible. And this Corona just made it more, um, you made it, made it more important, but you, they, they want to know first and foremost, how much does it cost? What's, what's the ballpark? And I, and I can't tell you, we've had these discussions. I can't tell you how it, how, how pains me how many companies still have a hard time telling people putting it on you know putting it out there how much their products cost and it, you know I always say you know they say well I don't want my competitors to know I don't want to believe me they know it's just your customers need to know and that's like one that's one thing they want to know what you know they, they want they, they, they know they, once they know that they want to know also what are other people saying about it and the easier you make it for them to find that the better um, and, and of course they want to know, you know, what it does and what it doesn't, you know, and how complicated is it going to be, at least, you know, especially when it comes to software, the, the, the one of the main questions there's like, how complicated is it to get this thing working, right? I, I know that, you know, I want to buy this software that will help me run my HR. Okay, that's great. This is, it's going to fix all my problems. I read the list of features. It's perfect. What's the pain that I'm going to go through to make this happen? I know it's not going to, it's, you know, the, it, okay, you can click a button, it's going to be up and running in a, in a minute, but then I have to upload my data, I have to get my employees, there's like tons of stuff that has to yeah. go better. And if I have to go through 10 calls to understand that, a lot of people just give up and go to somewhere else where they can get that information without talking to anybody. When I'm ready, when I'm ready for a demo, I'll, I'll tell you, but you know what I mean? It's, it, it, there's so much more that can be done. And I think that the companies that are doing that, and I could, I could I'm right now looking for, a, you know, learning a training platform for, for my company, right? To help, you know, start, stop using Excel's and all kinds of, and I went online and I, I looked at three or four companies that were, you know, I go to any of these comparison websites that give you like ratings and user ratings. I right away go for, you know, the top three, four that are, are rated. You know, I, I wanted to find two. Two of them didn't have pricing. So I don't even know if they were in my, my ballpark. Why bother calling them when the other two that I found were right in my ballpark. So those are the two that I'm going to, start doing more research. And then I start reading the, you know, the user and you know, what people are saying, they're telling me what, what pains they went through and what's good, what's bad. So all these things are, are, are being done right by a lot of companies. And those are the ones that are winning. That, That's a that, secret. <laughs> it's, it's not a secret, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's hidden in your face <laughs> because you're saying you need to make the whole entire process easy. Everything has to be easy about this. I shouldn't really have to ask any questions. You know, uh, you know that movie Eight Mile with Eminem from back in the day. There was a Eminem, the the rapper, put out that movie Eight Mile, right? So, one of the most amazing things is, is his final battle rap. What he does is is that the way that you won apparently battle rapping, as if I'm such an expert at this, is that you made fun of the guy. You made fun of the guy. Everybody goes, oh, well, crazy in the crowd, right? And and that's basically how one person won the rapper, the other one. So what Eminem knew was that he had so many things that were like lackings within himself and so many areas that they can make fun of. He went first and he brought them up. He's like, oh, you're going to tell me I'm a poor white guy from the other, you know, and he literally took all of the, the things that this guy wanted to say about him. He brought it up up front and the guy had nothing left to say. So what we're saying here is that there's a lot of questions that people have that are innate in the world of, of, of sales that you're like, you need to literally answer every single question that way when, when you finally, you know, at the end of the pitch or at the end of the process that they're like, 
as you can say, any questions or like, no, literally like when, when can I sign up? Because you, you yeah. already answered every single thing that, that I would have had a question with. Um, so I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell yeah. you one more secret that I Ooh. think the, the, the ones that will do it in 2021, especially the creators or the service companies, but I think for any company, they keep saying the year of video, the year of audio, the year of this, the year of that. But I think next year's, it's, it's already behind, it's already happening. It's the year of giving it away. And what I mean by that is if you do something, you do video, okay? We do, you know, we do inbound and all kinds of uh, digital marketing. What I'm working on right now is digging into all of our secrets of how we do things yeah. and just giving it away and saying, here, you want, go and do it yourself. And, and you just basically put it out there for people to use, for people to read. It's, it's the, it's the next thing. And if you look at, and you can see other, I'm, I'm sure you, I've seen a few of your videos. I'll, the video people are already doing this, but the, the rest of the world needs to start doing it. It's like, you're, a, you can have, a, there's a hundred videos out there on how to create a video, how to edit a video yet all of you are still in business. It's not, you know, we have to, that's another misconception is that if we give it away, nobody will need our service. Nobody will need our product. Yeah. Or, or they'll copy us, but we, well, we, we need to be bigger, bigger than that. Everything takes time. It takes money. It takes investment. Yeah. And therefore, if you want to do it, uh, Russell Brunson, the other day, uh, the ClickFunnels guy, I uh, was reading um, one of his posts it was a few weeks or a couple months back. And he realized that a friend of his told him like what the process really is, like his, his funnel is basically um, you do it yourself. Like you tell them everything, which is the, the content marketing. I literally will tell you all my secrets, how to do it. And then you, you do it. Like I'll give you the instructions. Here's the instruction manual, but you got to go out and you got to purchase all the materials and you got to be the one to put the time in to do it. That's like level one. So when you yeah. see that, it delivers like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. And, and that's incredible. The next level one was do it with them. And that's maybe sign up for my training and or sign up for, you know, my my course or whatever it is, is that you basically show them exactly how to do it. One is you tell them, two is you show them, maybe you even give them the materials in which to do it. At one point, Russell Brunson was selling a, a DVD about how to build potato guns and then he's like, oh, what's the next step? Is like, actually, can you buy the potato guns? Like here, here's the materials that you can buy from me. And then the third one is like, do it for you, which means like, you'll hire me and I will take care of everything. I mean, you know, that's something that I, you know, have, have started doing uh, with my own business is that instead of kind of working with you on content or doing it, like I want to make sure that I can take care of everything. You literally just film yourself. You put it out the piece of content. And I'm going to repurpose it in all these different ways for you. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the financial input goes up because it's, it's your time now is going to me. I'm taking right. it. That frees up your time to do everything you need. So in the B2B space, I mean, um, I, I think it's, it's important. It would be interesting to see how, how even even tech companies per se would would be able to to deliver it like let's say they're they are developing some type of micro trip technology i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of issues when it comes to patents and although i know yeah, no, I, around them these definitely, days definitely uh it can't be a blanket statement but uh, yeah. yeah it's there's 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 what to there's there's what there's there's still a you know a yeah, way to, a ways to go there's a lot okay uh so let's jump into hubspot 
because you you guys are, and especially you, are like the HubSpot all-star. Uh, I know you put on HubSpot events. Uh, you always promote the idea of utilizing HubSpot, all the information that they give out and the technology that they give out uh, or, or they offer. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about um, what what is HubSpot, especially in the, in the world of B2B tech marketing, and how do, how do you best utilize it? So I, I think the best thing to talk about, the, the way to, to categorize it today, and this is uh, an, an emerging uh, term, I think, it's, it's called revenue operations. Okay. And, and basically, what do you need for, you know, what do you need a revenue operations? You, you have, at the core, you have your CRM, you know, um, if I need to explain anything, let, you know, let me know. No. You have your CRM and on, you know, on the marketing side, you have, well, you know, mar marketing automation and on the, on the sales side, we've called the sales enablement tools that you need. And what HubSpot's done really well is they've been able to create a platform that, that gives you that end-to-end -end solution. And, um, you know, so uh, we, we started with the marketing automation and we, we've moved slowly as, as the years have gone by, we've moved into, into CRM and into sales and sales enablement. Um, but what it really means is, is it, is, you know, if you think in, when, when you get leads to your, to your website, oh, or you're, you're, you're reaching out to people, there, there's a lot of things that you, you, you can't do manually if, you know, if you want to scale up. So mm -hmm. you want to, you want to organize people into lists that are, I'll give simple examples that, that are based on their industry so that you can then email, um, email them relevant information based on, it could be the, which industry they're in, it could be the, which job function they're in, it could be what location, geography, there's so many different elements that you can do. And once, once you put them in these lists and create these, these flows, the, the automation kicks in and it keeps track for you who's opening emails, who's, you know, who's looking, who's clicking, who's downloading more information. There's, there's, you have the opportunity to, to kind of score these, these leads and then decide when they, they seem to be warm enough that they might warrant a, a reach out from a, from a salesperson or from a sales development person. And so this is, you know, this is in general, you know, um, what marketing automation does. It, it also, there's also all kinds of other tools that help you push out social media more, more efficiently. Um, you know, and, and a lot of things on the sales side, but really the, the important thing is as much as I love HubSpot and I, and I promote them, the important thing is to have a platform. I, you know, I, I always say that to companies is that, you know, just, you, you, you can't scale up using Excel or Google sheets, right? It's just not going to, you're just not going to get there. Uh, when, when would you say to, to start doing it? Let's say, let's say it's a company who's, who's just starting off, you know, or they've been out for a couple of years, but they're not getting you know, a hundred or a thousand, you know, site visits a day, at, at what point would you say like, you know, let's, let's start moving. The day you start, I think start. that's the automation yeah, since on day one. <laughs> you don't necessarily need automation on the day you start, right. But you, there's no reason that you shouldn't be starting to leverage a CRM. There's, there's so many free tools. Of course, HubSpot has a free, you know, free tool as well, which you could know, start out with, but there's other ones as well that you at least you have a, a you know central database for 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 all of your for all of your contacts you can start you know whatever the whatever obviously when it's free it's more oh. um <laughs> it's more, more limited but there's no reason why you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that just like you should when should you start content marketing yesterday right it, there's just mm -hmm. no you know that's when you the same thing i mean they're, 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 
when you when you're small and you you know you only have a few leads like you said it's not so time consuming so you know you might as well that's when you should start um hmm. and and all right so that that leads into this idea then like what's the flywheel um right the fly the flywheel is, you know, is, is basically a concept. I mean, those who are not, who are not familiar with flywheel, flywheel is, is a is a concept uh, that, you know, you, you if you if you if you start pushing it, it'll move slowly. But as you as you give it more energy, it starts to kind of give it the, the energy starts to kind of get reused. And the you know the concept wasn't created by HubSpot or by, but you know Brian Halligan, who's the CEO of HubSpot, brought it up a couple of years ago in in as, as they added a, a third element to there. So they had sales and they had marketing and then they added services to their, uh, to their platform. And basically saying there's, that's three elements of your platform you have. Um, and the, the most important part of your platform, of your, of your flywheel is actually your customers. So once you put your customers in there and you say, okay, your customers are, are, are promoting you word of mouth, you know, marketing's bringing in leads from, you know, and you have sales kind of pushing it. So that that's, that's what, Kind of makes it that that wheel go around, and you can apply force at each at each part of that flywheel and, and make it go faster. That's interesting. A, a lot of people don't don't realize, although you know we, we call it um, just like referrals, you know, from like uh, you know customer referrals or whatever. But the, we don't necessarily push that so much. Like it's like when you work with a customer and it's a wonderful relationship or whatever you typically feel a little weird to say like, you know, to try to encourage them to be a, a cheerleader for you or to, to give referrals or tell your friends. It, it's hard, you know, but uh, it seems like this methodology is trying to, to really encourage um, getting those, um, those customers, those happy customers to become kind of like your salesman, your sales team and their own. And you if you think about it, it's, it, it is, it is awkward but it, it, it could be awkward. But if you think about it, when, when you do something great, you work, you go to a great restaurant, you know, forget about B2C, you, you use a great piece of software. I don't know what you use to edit your, your video. You love Adobe. it. Adobe, uh, Adobe Premiere. I don't know if you love it or not, but it, yeah, I'm yeah. imagining you love it. Okay. If someone's going to come and ask you, you're going to tell them Adobe. I mean, it's yeah. the greatest thing you got to do. You, you might even get so excited. You might show them how, to, how it works and boom, Adobe has another customer. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine Adobe just called, you know, reached out to you. Doesn't have to ask you to give you a referral. You know, get, you know, d- tell me three people I could call. Just give me a statement, or get, can I get you on video five minutes talking about me? You'd be happy to. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of the way. I mean, and you know, because you've you've helped us uh, create some videos for some of our customers. Yeah. It, it, for us, it, for me, it was the same thing. It took me four years, five years, until I actually went out and asked customers to make and it was incredible how how open they were they will you know open their offices they were they were willing to spend an hour two hours to do a video with us i mean wow um, yeah so so that that's uh, you know that's 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 what everybody should be doing that right and we should be doing it more often yeah um, i was just speaking with a, a potential client the other day and they said do you do testimonials and i was like oh yeah yeah that's something i do um <laughs> they're like Okay. And um, so I started asking him, you know, about pricing and, you know, we got into those conversations and at one point I said, and they're like, okay, we're just, you know, how, how much is it? And they're trying to like, look for a budget. I said, look for any, any video, it could be, I could spend 
$500 on it and show up with my phone and, you know, do something, or I can spend $500,000 on it and get animation and make the most amazing, you know, Pixar type video. Like, I mean, we want to do the best that we can, but like, I, I asked her like, what, what's your budget? And she said, oh, I'm kind of just trying to figure it out. But then eventually she was, you know, we got into a potential range. But um, I, I, I said, one of, one of the things that you need to be aware of is that sometimes I, I said, like, what's, what's the purpose of this, of this testimonial video? What is it going to bring you? Because when you're, when you're talking about budget and you're talking about getting somebody, you know, a, a testimonial, like where, where is it actually going to, where is it going to bring you? Like what, how much revenue is this going to potentially drive you? And their answer was, well, we saw, you know, a lot of competitors, you know, they're, they're starting to do these testimonial videos and we thought maybe we should too. Um, and I was wondering, like, have you seen, I, I don't know, directly or indirectly that those types of testimonials have really increased uh, conversion rates? I, I know there's a lot of data out there about testimonials increasing conversion rates, but um, what have you seen from, you know, either from your clients or yourself? Uh, does it seem that that's helped? So this goes back to, to what I, something I said at the beginning. I think testimonials are a lot, um, are part of the research. It's, they're, they're definitely, you know, we can see it as a touch point on the buyer's journey, mm -hmm. which is great. So it can't tell you, is, is, this is one of the broadly discussed uh, items in, in, in marketing as attribution. Who gets the credit for, for the sale? You know, yeah. if, if you met him in a bar and then he closed the deal and the last thing he touched was a, you know, a webinar with, you know, whatever, you know, is it, is it the bar or the webinar? But what about all the things that happened in between? And so, you know, that's why attribution has gone going through some cycles and we're not going to go in and overcomplicate it, but I, we can definitely see that it's, it's in the buyer's journey, but better than that, it's when we're talking to a customer, everybody wants to talk, you know, especially in services, you, you want to talk to three of your customers. Well, once we send them to watch the videos, usually either they can, they're, it's good enough, or maybe they want to talk to one of them or, you know, it, it's kind of, it brings down the, it, it gives them a lot more of a comfort feel. You know, if somebody was willing to do that and then all these, you know, and we also have a, we have a, you know, if you go down to HubSpot's website, we have a partner portfolio, we have like a hundred reviews and, you know, 99% of them are positive. It's kind of like uh, Amazon. It's kind of, okay. I don't know what these guys are, but it sounds like we could trust them. So that's, yeah. that's, that's what it's, you know, trust is, you can't put a, put a price on that. Yeah, I was I was recently looking at, at changing banks, and you know, I told my mom I was talking to her about. It. She's like, "Well, I hope I hope you uh, you you know them, and I hope they're good or whatever." She's like, "I was like, look, I I went online, I searched a lot of different types of banks. I looked at online banks, which is the bit because being in Israel, having American accounts and Israeli accounts, and you know, you want to make sure that everything is on the up and up, and and it flows. I can't just show up, you know, at a bank in New Jersey like at a at a whim. So." One of the things I did as I looked online, I kept on seeing this company popping up at the top of the list in all these, you know, these different lists, different websites, different lists. I was like, well, that, that looks pretty good, you know, and it, it seems yeah. to be a smooth process, but, but yeah, like just making sure I look at the reviews, is this a good review? So I guess that's kind of the idea is that a, a testimonial is basically just like a, kind of like a review of the company with a real person and, uh, and you can see how they worked and, you know, I guess, um, it, it definitely builds trust because it's a real person who is coming out and actually saying, I work with them. I enjoyed it. 
as opposed to just a bunch of random letters or, you know, sentences like, oh, so-and-so Johnny loves working with this company. It's that, especially that video, it, it really shows the personal touch. Um, all right, Perry, I got, I got two more questions for you. Um, the first one is, what advice do you have for creatives, I, video or written or, you know, drawing or whatever it may be? Um, what advice do you have for them to, to kind of work with marketing agencies? Cause I know you've, you've done a lot with that. So I keep my mind keeps going. There's, there's this, uh, there's this, there's this director at, at HubSpot. His name's Dan Tyre. I don't know if you've ever been to one of, he was, yeah, at, I, th I think a film one of, when he spoke. Yeah. He sh if he, if he didn't go into technology, should have been a comedian, but he, he has a saying, which, which is it answers the question first of all is the 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 riches are in the niches i think that you know i i don't know how many emails i get a week from we'll call them creators right other agencies who want to help or you know want to do the development or designers or there's there's so many of them and it's it, it it's it's overwhelming so it's you know the, the first you know it's my first first advice is you, you got to be real, try to be the best at something um, that's, that's very specific, right? Video is, you, as you know, and I, much better than I do, there's so much of video, right? There's long form, there's short form, there's micro, there's editing, there's shooting, there's pictures, I don't know, whatever. There's, there's just, just all over. And, and then, so, that, you know, if, if that's your thing, you want to be, you want to be really great at a, at a really specific uh, thing, or it might be for a specific industry. Uh, the, the, the more, the, the smaller you go, the bigger you'll get. That's, that's kind of my, my philosophy on that. And, um, and the other thing is, is, is that if you, if you do that, you, you can kind of get around the agencies. Because, you know, a lot of companies are out there want to work directly with the freelancer. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of times when we have to work with freelancers, we actually give our customers the option to go work directly with them. You know, why? I mean, if you work through me, I'm usually transparent. We're, we're going to, whatever he charges us, we're going to charge it on top of you, you know, top of that something. Yeah, of course. It's just the way they, they know that and we know that. And why, why not say it out loud? Um, and so, you know, I've, I've, we've been, you know, sometimes it doesn't make sense because it's part of a, a bigger project. Yeah. But I think that, um, I think that, 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 so that's, that's number two is like, if, if you, if you're really good at a niche, you, you'll be able to, uh, you know, you, you started working with, with, with us and I'm sure other agencies, but I know that you probably have your own customers. Yeah. And, and I think that the third thing, which I'm sure you're going to ask as your next question, I think the personal brand is really important. Um, because for me or any other company, we're getting a lot of emails. We're getting a lot of things. So if we had, you know, if I'd seen a video of yours, you know, online and you caught my attention and you had a brand, would be the chances of engaging with you or replying to your email would be, would be, uh, would be much higher. So that, that's, uh, those are, those are some pieces. I think just on the other side is that um, oftentimes people, I think, especially before they're very established in their field, they get nervous to brand themselves in an area that maybe would be to the exemption of another area. Like, you know, somebody might like somebody to, to do video. I do video. Okay, great. So personally, I've worked with, I'm aiming much more for businesses and tech companies and, 
you know, comp companies and individuals who have budgets, real budgets, and are not afraid to use their money because they know they're going to drive in much more money. Um, right. Whereas um, I've, I've worked with nonprofits and I've worked with agencies, you know, ad agencies, marketing agencies and individuals and, you know, and it's, I, I notice a lot of people, it's like, if I, if I aim for one thing, well, what about the rest of that income? Like maybe a person who's, um, you know, a, a consultant, maybe they're not going to want to contact me because they're like, oh, they only do, you know, uh, tech videos and therefore like, um, I'm not going to work with them. So I think there's a little bit of a fear, but uh, I've also yeah. had this conversation with, with a, a dear, dear friend of mine who he says, you know, I'll be honest, he does okay. He does pretty well for himself. You know, I don't know exactly what he makes, but he's, he's bought a house and he's, you know, doing well. And especially in Israel, it's not so simple. And he does his, it's his own thing. Um, but he said, one of the things that he always regrets, he's not even such an old guy. He's in his thirties. He's like, I regret not being um, like an expert in one field. He's like, I'm very, very good in a lot of different things. I'm really good in a lot of different areas, but I'm not great. And he's like, the people that I know that are great in one thing, it might be tough in the beginning for them to really establish themselves, but eventually their ceiling is significantly higher than a Swiss army knife. Because the Swiss army knife is like, okay, you know, you can do that. Can you do this? And great, great, great. But then they're not that super expert that I need you to solve every issue there. It comes out to a few things. First is when you're, you know, the, the arguments for, uh, the arguments against are, are, are clear and there probably are more. And, you know, the first is when when you, when someone wants to work with you, they want to feel that you've done something similar with somebody similar. Mm -hmm. And so having that, you know, even if, even if what you do, you could do it for many other people and, you know, it, you'll, it'll be just as good. Maybe it could be that my, the strategies we use for our customers, we could probably do in other industries. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, I, I, maybe, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, but the, that, 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 that drives trust and trust. Like I can't express how important trust is in, in, in any kind of, uh, engagement in sales. You know, the second is as you get, as you focus on that, you get better at, at, at that specific thing. Again, you can either go industry or you can go skill, right? It could be, I'm going to be the best PPC person in the world. And maybe you do it for for broad, but it. But believe me, if you're the best PPC for for B two B tech companies that sell, I don't know whatever analytics SaaS software, products, yeah. uh -huh. you know, you're gonna you're gonna do so much better. You're gonna scale. It's it it it's, it it just ha you know, and because there's the, the two things is that it's gonna be much easier for you to close deals. You're only gonna get pipeline of companies that are relevant to you. So your 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 close rates are gonna go up. You're spend less time on the phone selling to companies that don't. Don't fit your whatever your nondescript po profile, and the most important part is you'll be able to charge a premium. Hmm. Yeah, well, that, that definitely <laughs> definitely is the most important part. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot to say there, and once again, it's it's overcoming that fear. It's overcoming the fear of uh, yeah. you know if I'm if but, I'm going all in, how do how do I know? I mean, it's kind of like a little bit like kind of getting married. Like, am I going to choose this this one person for the rest the rest of my life? Well, you know, hopefully, if you actually work at it and and you're good and you continue to work at it, then yeah, yeah. Guess what? You you can. 
But it, it's not, it's not right. Because you're allowed to switch. You're allowed to, it's, it's a uh, business. You are. Okay. It, it, yeah. You, you can, uh, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to try something, you're going to fail, you'll learn from it and you'll iterate. Mm -hmm. And, and at the end of the day, this is, this is what people, you know, confuse with, with strategy is such a overused word. And, you know, uh, Shoham's our chief strategy officer. She explained to me once what strategy is. Strategy is just a fancy way to, for, to say a couple things. One is planning. If you, if, you, if you picked your niche, you can create a plan around it. It's, much, it's actually much easier to create a plan around something very specific. And second, strategy means saying no. People have a really hard time saying no. And um, when, you, when, you, when you say yes, I, and I can speak from experience, I'm, I'm sure you mentioned, you, I think you saw my video yesterday. When you say yes, when you should have said no, bad things happen. <laughs> Seriously, seriously. The other day I was uh, speaking with uh, somebody, they, they, they're looking for a person who to uh, do content for their social media. So I was like, I'm a content guy. I do video, you know? So I sent it out and then they're like, do you do websites? <laughs> I'm like, uh, here's the deal. I, I did my own website. I'm not a guy who does websites. That's, that's not my thing, you know? But it's just, it's interesting because there, there can be a pull is like, well, if you, you know, you dangle because you know what, there's a guy, Chris Doe from the future. I don't know if you, you've heard of Chris Doe. Um, he's a, he's a creative, he's a graphic artist and he has a, this company called the future that they teach freelancers and, and artists like how to build businesses. And uh, he's very much into um, whatever the, whatever the, and it's hard, whatever the client needs, you can do but you become the manager of the project and you say for whatever budget I can find at the best person to do the thing. Whereas, you know, for you, it's what you're saying is, is like you at least understand that you need to know your strengths. Maybe if you're your greatest strength is a project manager and that's great. And I can put all the, the pieces together, then fine. Do the Christo method of saying, yeah, I'll do whatever you need because I'm the greatest project manager and I can get this guy and that girl and I can, I can do amazing things. But if you're much more into the creative yourself and, and building your own brand and you, you really got to niche out and go all in. And as you said, and, and Shoham said, it's, it's okay to say no and not only okay, but it's recommended uh, to say no to the things that are outside uh, your expertise. All right, this is the last one. Who's your greatest professional influence and why? I saw that question and I, I don't have a, I don't have one answer. Um, probably my, you know, I guess my greatest would probably uh, be my dad in that I saw him uh, building companies um, as a kid, hmm. but uh, you know, other than that, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, I, I went to university about many million years ago and didn't learn anything of substance. Um, so, the classic story. I, I've had to learn. You know, you, you have to learn. I've learned everything along my career was. You know, you had to had to learn by myself, by myself with you know whatever tools are available. So I, I think the biggest influence are many of the books that I that I read along the way. A lot of times I get made fun of in in the boardroom when uh, they said, "Oh, you must have read a new book." It's the, I can tell from the ideas. Um, <laughs> And Google, right? That's, you know, that I always say that every answer is in Google. So, you know, 
you know, someone asks you, you I remember talking to an entrepreneur that, you know, he, he, they went out for funding and they asked him for some term sheet or something, or, you know, he had no idea what they were talking about. He said, no problem. We'll get, get you that uh, tomorrow. Went online, spent the whole night figuring out what this term or PNL or whatever it was. And yeah. built, you know, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's, uh, there's the influences so let change me, over time. Then let me re- rephrase it. What, what, lesson did you learn and maybe from who was the biggest paradigm shift in your perspective in business like for me it's not not hidden that gary vaynerchuk and that opened up the world of content marketing and especially micro content and repurposing that really uh jived with me his other business stuff also worked but but the whole idea is like wait a second you can take long form or even create short videos and repurpose them and that 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 sat with me and that that became like my whole vision of what I want to try to now give my clients. So in in for you, like what what was that paradigm shift of like, oh my gosh, this is a different world now. I get it. I get it. Um I'm I'm actually trying to pull it up on my phone right now because I remember the I'm trying to remember the uh that's it. Ben Horowitz. I read a book called the hard thing of hard, about hard things. Um, I don't know, it must a, a year in a year into, into penguin and it, it connected the, the, the idea is was that it's, it's not so much what you're building. It's that you want to build a great company and that, that, you know, there's a lot of lessons in that business in that, in that, in that book, what, what's great about the book is it's, it's not your typical management, you know, fly lucky or everything's, you know, a manager, you know, a management book written by someone who's never managed a, a you know, a falafel cart. Yeah. Everything um, hits the fan in that book. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, hard hitting, straight shooting, you know, and I remember reading stuff like this and I was like, this stuff doesn't happen. And a lot of it has. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's kind yeah. of become like just waiting for that billion me. dollar exit. That's, that's the next part. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, there's, there's something there that, there's a lot of great things there, but I think one of the things is just, you know, you, you take care of your people um, and the way you would want them to take care of your, of your customers. And it, it, it all works out. That's, that's kind of uh, uh, something that's really strong in what he says. And if you, it's, it's a great theme across a lot of great companies that you, you'll read about, but uh, yeah, if I had to, if I had to pit it down to one to one, that, that would probably be it. Yeah. That, that's a great, that's absolutely a great book. I read it. I'll probably have to reread it, you know, in a couple of years from now when I'm, when I'm actually under, can understand more deeply what he's talking about. Um, but yeah, um, Perry, thank you so much. Um, I really, really appreciate it. You gave me um, a lot to think about. Hopefully the audience also has a lot to think about and a lot that they can internalize and, and put into their business. And um, is there, how can, how can people reach out? Should they go to Penguin? Uh, can they reach out to you? Um yeah, connect to me on LinkedIn or, uh, you know, just email me, Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, at penguinstrategies.com. Awesome. All right, Perry, thank you so much. Awesome. Great All talk right, to you. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye.